I want to start by apologizing to you guys. Apologizing for something you've probably never even realized that I do. I have this secret hidden talent of ignoring people when they talk to me. And I've probably done it to some of you, but I would like to think that you've never noticed when I've done that to you before. Um, It's something I've realized when my mom used to talk to me. She would like just rant and rant and rant. And when I was a little kid, it's just like I could just switch it off. And like I could just see like her mouth moving and not listen to a single word that was coming out. And it's like this weird talent that God has given me. And for whatever reason, I can just not pay attention when people are speaking for some reason. It's it's really cool. Andrew tells this story that I I just love about when we were in high school. And, you know, me and Andrew used to play in the band together when we were just like 11th and 12th graders. And one night after a youth group, he came over to talk to me. And I, I honestly can't even tell you what he came to talk to me about that night. For all I know, his whole family could have burned down in like an accident in their house. So I have no idea what he said to this day, but obviously it wasn't that. Don't, no, no one burned down, don't worry. Um, so he's talking to me and I am not paying attention to a single word he's saying because someone else has my attention in the room. Um, I, I don't know if this is still true of people today. I don't know if this is true of you guys in the room. Maybe you can tell me later after service. But during the prayer time, if you were a guy, Man, that was the time to lay some game down if your girl was in the room. Like, you wouldn't do it right away because that was sacrilegious. You had to pray for a little bit. God wouldn't bless your game if you were doing that. So, so, so what you had to do is you had to spend some sincere time praying. Like, me and all my friends used to do this perfectly. And uh, I hope you guys still do it. I hope it's a tradition that's been passed down. But we, we, we prayed. And then there was this girl, and she was so beautiful. And she had my attention. And Andrew's talking, and I'm just looking right at her and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. I'm a little nervous. And so Andrew's talking and I just get up and I leave him. I just completely walk away. And I go over to this girl and like the great rapper Blizzy B once said, I was scoring points, you know? I mean, you know what I mean? That was it. I don't know if you guys know this, but the rapper Blizzy B is based off my life. Everything he sings about is everything I've really done in my life. So he owes me a lot. Probably his firstborn child, but we'll work that out later. Um, But I was completely oblivious to everything that Andrew was saying that night. And I think that's true of a lot of us. Maybe something has your attention and you cannot pay attention to anything that's going around you. And then there's some of you who are just completely oblivious. I I know, I know some of you like that. It's okay, I can be like that at times too. And we can miss out on the things that are going on around us. And tonight we're starting a two-week series called Attention. And we're gonna look at a story in the Bible where God was trying to get the attention of some of these people in Israel. And he was doing some really drastic things in Israel to get their attention. And they weren't paying any attention to what was going on. They were oblivious to the real reason that God was trying to get their attention. And see, guys, this is a really big deal because I believe that God is trying to get our attention tonight. And something very similar is happening in our generation right now and in our world today. And that's why it's so important that you pay attention for the next, next two weeks as we go through this story. We're going to break it up because God wants to speak something to us very clearly and we need to catch it so we don't end up like this generation in Israel. 
And I wonder, guys, as I've been preparing for this message, I wonder, would we pay attention if God was doing something to us tonight? If something was happening in our world today, do you really think we would know it and we would change? Or would we just be oblivious like the rest of these people? Because there is so much at stake at this. I want to read to you guys a quote that I think is so important. Those who don't know history are destined to repeat it. Edmund Burke. See, that's important for tonight because I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible is a historical book, guys. What happened in that is not just a bunch of stories and fairy tales. What happened in that book is what happened thousands of years ago. This is real stuff that happened. And I believe that's true about the Bible too. If that we don't know the history of what happened to the people before us, because we are destined to repeat it because they were just as silly as we are. And they made mistakes just like we do. And it's so important that we learn from these people. And so for the next two weeks, guys, we're going to be in 1 Kings 18. And we're going to pick apart this whole chapter. Because there's so many important things in this verse. And God wants to speak so many things to us tonight. So we'll get going right away in this. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. Verse 2. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. So let me give you guys the history of what's going on, because we're picking up a little bit later in the story. God has sent a horrible drought in Israel. And this was a really big deal because their economy depended on their agricultural state of the nation. Everything hinged on this. So the people were doing something wrong, and we're going to find what that was in just a little bit, but they were messing it up. And God was trying to get their attention. And the way he got their attention was by turning their economy upside down. Like it was literally in pieces. And the people still had no idea what was wrong. I want you guys to think about this. Does that remind you of anything? Does that bring anything to your mind tonight? Because see, when I think of that, I think of us today, guys. We see it in the newspapers. We hear it on TV. We hear it from our teachers. Our economy is in pieces. Just a couple of years ago, guys, we were a thriving nation. We were at the top of the world. And now all of a sudden, our economy is in pieces. Tens of thousands of people are without jobs in America. There are people who don't eat in America every day. There's their family starving and dying. And this just isn't in America, guys. This is all over the world. It's happening in Europe. It's even worse in Europe. See, because I think maybe God is trying to get our attention just like he was trying to get Israel's attention in this chapter of the Bible. And it's so important that we see it. I want you to think about some other signs too. I want you to think about what's been happening in nature lately. Think about the tsunamis and the hurricanes and the earthquakes, guys. Because God is trying to get our attention. And as we keep reading, we're going to find out 
that our situation is really similar to theirs. So let's go to this next verse. So now we're in verse 16. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, troubler of Israel? So Obadiah is, is like the messenger to the king, and Ahab is the king. And so they, they bring forth Elijah. And they say, Elijah, I know you messed everything up because Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain to get things back in order. And that's exactly what happened. It didn't rain for three years and we're in the third year right now. And they're pissed about this. This is, it's not good, guys. Like things are bad in Israel right now. Tensions are high, kind of like it is in our world. And they're blaming Elijah for all these problems. And this is how Elijah replies to them. In verse 18, I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commandments and have followed the Baals. Um, Baal was an idol, guys. And I, I, I just want to show you a picture of him just real quick. This is, it was a statue just like this. And this is what the people made. And they worshiped this. See, over time, they had forgotten about what God has done. And they started to worship these idols in their lives. You can take that picture down now. And they would go before this idol and they would pray to it day in and day out. And it never did anything for them. I mean, during this whole famine, they are crying out. They are cutting themselves. They're doing whatever they can to get this uh, idol's attention. And nothing is happening. And I'm sure a lot of you are sitting there thinking, how stupid were these people? That they would sit and bow before this statue and worship him. I'm sure you're thinking that, that we would never do that in America, that we're so much smarter than that. See, they had created that image of Baal. No one, they, they never appeared to them. They created it with their own hands. I mean, that sounds stupid to me, that they would sit there and they would worship that and they would pray to that instead of praying to God. But see, when we take a step back and we really look at this, and I start to think about some of the things that we worship. I think we're just as stupid as these people sometimes. That we are just as silly as them. Because maybe we don't worship wooden statues. But we worship other things that men have made. I, I was just thinking about the list of, of things that, that people worship. You know, some, some people worship their house. Man, the, 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 that is their idol. And, and just let me explain what an idol is for a second. An idol is anything that you spend your time on or, or you are more passionate about than God. That, that's all an idol is. That, that, that's all it has to be. is something you are more passionate about than God. And so I was just thinking about the list, you know, and one of the things that came to my mind was, was cars, you know. People are so obsessed with their cars. They're so infatuated with it that they're always detailing it and doing different things to it. Yet it's a man-made thing, just like that idol is. 
I'm lucky because the girls make fun of my car here a lot. They, they call it the Cracker Jack Mobile. So I'm lucky enough to not have to suffer from that idol. So I'm safe there. God bless me in that way. But there are so many different things, guys. And I, and I, I don't know what your specific idol is tonight. I, I don't know what the thing is for you tonight that you desire more than God. But it could be anything in your life. It could be something as dumb and silly as Facebook or Twitter. Anything that you desire more than God tonight is an idol. So it's easy for us to point the finger at these people and say, you're ridiculous, when really we worship things that men have made too. And they are just as silly. And they never do anything for us either. So let's go to the next verse to see what's going on. Verse 19. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So here's what's going to happen. There's about to be a throwdown in Israel, guys. There's about to be a battle. And Elijah's setting it up. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to gather all the people in Israel. We're, we're, we're going to get all these people out and we're going to bring them to the mountain. And I want you to bring the 450 best prophets of Baal. And then I will come. Just me, one man. And we're going to see who God is. So I, Elijah's setting up this big thing. And, and this took a lot of faith, guys. And you know, this story is just filled with so many good points and so many good things. I have to say this, even though it's a little bit off topic tonight. Don't tell me that one man can't make a difference. Because it's not true. Elijah was just a man. And he was against 450 other people who believed differently. Don't tell me one person can't make a difference in their public school. Don't tell me one person can't make a difference in America. Because I believe it could happen, you guys. As long as God is backing that and you're trusting in God. So let's go to the next verse. Verse 20. So Ahab sent word throughout all of Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. So Eliza was not only a prophet, but he was a preacher. And so he gets all before all the people and he says, look, you guys know the truth. You know who the Lord is. You need to stop wavering between two opinions. Sometimes you think the Lord is God and then sometimes you turn to Baal and you're wavering back and forth. You aren't sure who God is. And you need to make up your mind. And you know what? I'm going to show you who God is by this demonstration. And you know, guys, I think right about here is when all the Christians in the room feel safe. This is the spot where most of you say, you know, Joey, I know the Lord is God. That, that, that's not an issue for, for me tonight. And maybe that is some of you tonight. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But I just want to talk to those of you tonight who say, you know, Joey, I know the Lord is God. But my question is, do you ever waver in that? 
Because God has been revealing something more and more about my heart. And that is I have a tendency to waver at times. And you know, while I was thinking about this message, this illustration came to my head. Please ignore the velvet purple background. I don't know. That was not in the picture when I bought it. And it was like double the size of that. But I kind of picture it's something like this. You know, we waver from time to time. See, I I think we start off knowing that God is the Lord. And we know that there shouldn't be idols in our lives. And so for those of you that are Christians tonight, this is the heaviest weight I have here. I'm going to let this represent that. That you guys know that the Lord is God. You know he is the only one who can satisfy. You You know he's the only one that can change the status of America. So we'll put that on that side. See, that's the dynamic that God is after. See, this won't waver. This isn't going to move. This side is not going to lift up. It's just not going to happen because it's sold out to that one side and there's nothing else to move it. But what God has been revealing about my own heart and what I think is true of some of us is that we have some different desires in our life. And God revealed something to me this week that hit me really hard. It was that, you know, I do love God and and he is my number one. Guys, I'll tell you that. But there are times in my life where I desire other things more than I desire him. Stupid, stupid things. Things that have never done anything for me. Things that have always let me down. Just even, just, I don't know, maybe for you, it's a relationship. And, And so, you know, you'll, you'll put a little bit of that there. But you still love God and you're still passionate about him. And, and then maybe for you, you're just desiring good grades and you're giving up on your relationship with God and that's all you care about and you worship it. It's what you spend all your time doing. And so you add that in there too. And then you add in some pornography that you've been looking at recently. And you know, you're just starting to desire that more than God and you're looking for the satisfaction that can give you. And so you put that in there. And then maybe, you know, you're really into money lately. You just got a job. And you're like, this is awesome. And you try and work and you spend all your time and eventually spend your whole life working away. And you put that there. And suddenly, a heart that was fully after God, a heart that was sold out, suddenly is wavering. It's not sold out like it used to be. Maybe from time to time you change. And you take one of those desires away and you realize it's wrong and, and things shift. But then something new comes on the plate and you begin to waver again. God's shown me that that can be my heart at times. That I have a tendency to waver sometimes. And God is looking for a dynamic that is completely sold out. That all your treasure is built in him and in him alone. And you know, tonight we're just getting into one part and we're not really going to talk about why we shouldn't um, desire idols and and why they're going to let us down. But tonight, I just want you to see that you are meant to have this dynamic. That this is what God is after in his people. It's so important that we start to lift it out because that is what God is looking for in this story, guys. This is what he's desiring. A sold out, people. So let's go to the next verse to see what's going on. But the people said nothing. 
And that's where we're going to stop tonight with, with that verse. Stop reading this story. We'll pick it up next week. To me, guys, that is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Uh, it's not the saddest, but definitely one of them. The people said nothing. See, they knew who God was, and they renew all the things that he had done, but they didn't say anything. Their world was falling apart. Literally, it was falling apart, and no one said anything. You know what really scares me about that, guys? It's because that is us. That hit me so hard. I see us so deeply in that. We know tons of people who don't know Jesus. And day after day, we say nothing. We know our world is headed in a wrong place. We see it. But just like those people, we say nothing. It's two reasons why we say nothing, guys. The first one is because we are uncaring. How many of you guys in this room like soccer? Do we have any soccer fans in here tonight? I hate soccer. I think soccer sucks. I, I think it's, I, I honestly, I'm sorry. I know that was going to offend some of you tonight. No, don't clap, don't clap, don't clap. I don't care about soccer. I think it's the worst sport in the whole world. It's boring. I, I mean, you're kicking a ball around. There's no, I'm not going to say there's no talent in it because I'm sure it does. But I don't care about it, so I don't talk about it. I only care about the sports that I like, like football and baseball. But, and I talk about those things. And see, guys, we only talk about the things that we care about. And so what I'm about to say, I, I hope it shakes you a little bit. I think that we really just don't care too much. I think we care more about our own lives and what's going on with us. I think if we were all honest, that we would say that. I know sometimes that's true. Man. I'm too focused on things that are going on in my life, my situations. And I forget that there are thousands, millions, millions of people going to hell. I forget that sometimes. There are days when that thought doesn't even cross my mind. That millions of people are going to hell. And I don't care about it. See, guys, that has to change in us. And the first step is admitting it. And it's going to God and saying, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Because that breaks God's heart, guys. The fact that millions of people are going to hell and we aren't doing anything about it, I know that breaks his heart. So that's something we need to change and deal with in our lives. It's the first reason why we don't say anything. The second reason is we are uncomfortable. I'll admit it. It's, uh, my job is to speak about Jesus. My, my job is to come on this stage and preach. And I get uncomfortable talking to people about Jesus sometimes. And you know what? It's always the people that are closest to me that I have a hard time doing it for some reason. I can walk up to a stranger sometimes, but you know what? It's so hard to talk to people that I know and I'm, comfor and I'm comfortable with. People that know me really well. I mean, I can talk to them about anything else, but for some reason, 
I just can't talk to them about Jesus, the most important thing in my life. And I know that's true of you guys too. I know that's something that everyone struggles with, that there are times when we get uncomfortable talking about it. And here's how I want to put it into perspective to you tonight. And here's how God has been pressing it on my heart. It's, it's, it's this, is I don't want to be in heaven and think back even for one second that the reason the people I love aren't in heaven because I was uncomfortable to talk to them about Jesus. How ridiculous does that sound when I say that? I was uncomfortable. See, I think we need to push through it, guys. I, that's something that I've been praying so deeply for myself. It's, Joey, you need to push through it. Because what awaits us is so much more important than you feeling uncomfortable for 30 minutes having a conversation about something that could change someone's life forever. Guys, we need to push through the uncomfortable feelings. If we really love and care for these people, man, we would push through it. So that's something I've been challenged to do lately. No matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter what they'll say in reaction to me, no matter if they even look down on me, I'm going to talk to them about it because this has changed my life and I know it's real. And it would be wrong for me to keep it to myself. And so guys, I pray that you would do the same thing. That you wouldn't let the uncomfortable feelings keep you from sharing this. Because I'm sure nothing saddened Elijah more than when he's preaching before all these people and no one had anything to say to it. No one backed him up. They just went on with their lives even though the world was falling apart. Guys, we can't be like that. We need to learn from these people's lives because God has done too much for us just to keep it to ourselves. And so I pray that you guys would walk away with two things tonight. My first, the, the first thing is that you would search your hearts tonight and you would ask God, God, am I swaying on any issue today? Is there any issue in my life that's making me sway back and forth? Or am I completely sold out to you today? And the second is that you would say something, guys. Because you wouldn't be quiet in a world that is falling apart. See, I, I, I think that's it, guys. I think God is getting our attention, trying to get our attention in the same very way that he was trying to get Israel's attention. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to grab hold of this and do something about it. And the first thing we can do is stop swaying and be completely sold out to God. And the second is we need to start speaking up. We can't be silent anymore. Next week, guys, we're going to talk about why these things aren't worth being 
our God. We're going to talk about how they will always let us down and how they will always fail us. Why God wants us to be sold out for him. Why he wants this dynamic. And Elijah shows it perfectly in this upcoming chapter. So know this, guys. Don't sway or stay silent because Jesus has done way too much for us to do either of those things. Let's pray. God, I thank you tonight for your great love that covers us tonight, God. That if we're swaying, Lord, you're calling us home. That there's redemption for us tonight, Jesus. And I pray, God, for anyone who's caught up in the midst of swaying, God, that you would touch their hearts tonight, God. That you would show them that you were God and that they would come back next week, God, and see why these other idols aren't worth it, why they mean nothing, why they will always fail us. I pray, God, that you would show up tonight, God, just like you did for Elijah, that you would show your glory in this place tonight, Jesus. God, that you would be all satisfying in our lives, Lord. We just thank you, Jesus. And I pray, God, just for the boldness, the boldness that comes along with speaking our testimonies, with with speaking to other people, God, that you would give us the strength, God, that you would give us even the right opportunities and the people to speak to, God. And we pray, God, that you would use these words to do something great in these people's lives. We pray all of this in your son's name. Amen.